all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. It's me, Danielle Brewer, your host, as always. Thank you so much for listening and now watching. So excited to go to video now. Yay, you get to see what I look like. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. So I'm excited about today's guest. He is so awesome. Uh, I saw him on a group and it had all his info and I was like, oh, I want to talk to him. So Rob Ching is the creator of the Passive Wealth Coaching System. And he's also an author of a book to help you do those, put those to real life. Uh, so He's been in real estate since 16 years old, which is so awesome. All right, so welcome, welcome, Rob, to the show. Thanks for having me on, Danielle. I definitely will do my best to provide value for your viewers and your audience, and congrats on being on video. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. Um, and you were definitely, you will definitely bring uh, value and a lot of information uh, actually, just reading the bio, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> it's really impressive. So, all right. Now, you started managing so apartments at 16. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Wow. So if you want to know more about it, so I was uh, you know, 16 years old, just doing the accounting on paper, big sheets of graph paper, getting paid minimum wage, uh, doing that for my parents. So I started doing that since I'm, I'm interested in the field to be, they're not going to force me to do something I'm not interested in. Mm -hmm. 
And from then on, it kind of grew to learning the whole industry one job at a time. I learned how to be a handyman from my uncle, crawling in the attics and the crawl spaces, cleaning out the you know, rat's nest or a dead cat or whatever it is. Because <laughs> uh, I'm small, I can crawl in there, you know? And then um, from that, it, it, it grew to collecting the rent, knocking on the doors, in the money, the rent checks, the money orders, all that stuff. Just as a kid, it was like, who the hell is this guy, you know, collect, <laughs> collecting my rent money? <laughs> and, you know, collecting the coins from the laundry machines. And eventually uh, I got too old to do that. I had to go to college. I went to college, UC Irvine, got my degree in econ, which is economics, came back. And I decided to be a, a broker agent at a commercial brokerage firm called Marcus and Millichap. I sold commercial property there for about four years. And uh, then I started flipping homes in the hood. I quit my job as a broker. Uh, don't want to forget this part because I didn't make a, a commission. I was on full commission. I didn't make a commission for a full year. So there was no dough coming in for a year. So it was time to make a switch. So I switched to flipping homes. And from there, flipping homes transitioned into me being a general contractor. So that took about four or five years to get my license. And then I was a contractor, full-time contractor. That's all I did for about eight years. I mean, anywhere from changing toilets to, you know, building houses. That's what I did. Wow. So let me ask you this. So you said for your parents. So did they own properties or like a multifamily or what did they own that you just the apartment building or? Yeah, they had a handful of properties. Um, I mean, much at that time, they had about 70 units at the at the top. Wow. And then the scale down quite a bit. So I was uh, just a little kid. You know, if I got in trouble, I had to go there and pick up the cigarette butts in the gutter. <laughs> it's pretty gross, you know, or sweep up the, the yard. And uh, that's kind of how I learned, learned about the property, literally firsthand. I remember doing that when I was like six years old. So it's in my blood, as they say, but I, I love it at the same time. It's, it's something I'm passionate about. That's amazing. And to teach a young child, that's what we need to do more of now. And we're trying this with my nine-year-old. Um, more about investing your money, you know, getting a, a return on things, like all that stuff. They don't understand. We don't learn about money in school. And so that's really amazing that you learned that firsthand at a young age. And did they take you seriously at 16 when you came to collect the money? Uh, I mean, there's so many stories, like, for the most part, everyone in school, but one time this criminal, I'm talking about a legit criminal. He actually got arrested for trying to rob a bank. He, he gave me like, he tried to give me the one, two slip. Like he gave me these money orders stacked and said, here, here it is. Here it is. Get out of here, kid. And I didn't leave. I'm standing there in the county and say, but you're like, you know, 500 bucks short. What's the deal? No, no, it's all there. I gave it to you. You're lying. You know, so stuff like that. <laughs> they can't do that anymore. It's all digital. But back in the day when it was paper, you know, right. somebody gives you cash, it's not even traceable. It's your word against theirs, right? Something happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, technology has helped a lot. Sometimes I feel like it 
could hurt a little bit sometimes if you don't use it properly. Uh, but yeah, technology probably has helped a lot in your uh, industry. So what, so as a contractor, you literally can, like you said, you can build them, you can fix everything yourself. So like if you're flipping a house, you can literally like take care of everything yourself. And that probably um, really makes your, your profit a lot higher. Is that correct? Or I would say that the knowledge, I don't do that for third parties anymore. So I gave that up in 2018. So our primary business now is, uh, managing, we manage a portfolio, almost $200 million worth of property. Okay. And uh, we own $10 million worth of real estate. So we only use our contracting repertoire on our buildings we own or buildings we manage. There's just not enough time. And there's really honestly not enough profit in doing third-party jobs. The, the profit comes from using your knowledge and your skills on properties you own. Okay. So... The contracting experience is what you use. Let's say you buy a house, you want to flip a house. So you go in there and you know what's cosmetic and what might be a big problem. Like, you know, it's going to be foundation is a big problem. Or maybe it's just a tiny little foundation crack. That's not a big problem, but everyone is going to run the other way. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? So you can look at a problem and know if it's a small one that scares people or if it's a big one that people don't see. See what I mean? So it's really the value knowledge more than the not making a killing, you know, being a handyman. That's just not, that's, that's a wrong assumption. I mean, it's a, it's a labor job, really. No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like in your own business, like for yourself, like say for instance, you don't have to hire someone to come in and you know what I'm saying? That's what I meant. I meant for yourself. Like in your, yeah, in your own properties and stuff like that. That's what I meant. Right. I apologize. If I, yeah. No, no. It, I mean, it can go, the interpretation can go so many ways. I mean, there's an assumption that contractors just want your money and they're going to run off with the deposit and they're never going to call you back, which happens plenty. <laughs> it happens plenty. But because we are consistent, we're a management company, we have relationships with contractors. I do some things in-house, but a lot of the things are just vendors. Mm-hmm. Vendors that we've used, like 1099 vendors that we've used for decades now. And we have a relationship. We say, hey, look, you know, vendor A, do you want us to call you for every single leaky faucet? And they say, yes. We'll say, okay, then make sure you give us a special deal because you'll get volume. We have that agreement. Then we'll go ahead and move forward. Mm-hmm. And we'll have about three or four vendors in each category, like air conditioning, plumbing, you know, electrical, painting, gardening, stuff like that. So it's just a matter of putting down the hammer, knowing how to use the hammer, but putting it down and picking up the keyboard, right? Yeah, right. That's smart. So you talked about some, like, red flags. Um, can you just mention, like, the main red flags when you're going into looking at a property? I know, like, plumbing is one of them. Um, do you have any other, like, major red flags where you would say get out of there well if we're talking about homes uh that's a little bit different than apartment buildings uh we were talking about just buying a house location is the most important right you don't want to be in a t-intersection you don't want to be near a railroad 
or near an airport, some like nuisance area that you can't remodel away, right? If you build a new house on that same spot, it's still in that same spot, right? So location is the is the macro things you want to get get the uh, get those mistakes out of the way. Now, if the location's fine, you go in there. Of course, you want to look at the the foundation. You want to look at the roof, the plumbing, the framing. This is all just basic stuff. And if there's mold, asbestos, lead-based paint, you know, things like that. And the older properties, I know there's this romantic view of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to fix up a Victorian. You know how much toxic stuff is in those homes? Even the floor, there's like asbestos tile. People won't even touch them. There's old flue pipes that are made of asbestos. If you have exhaust pipes that are made, that are, that are concrete looking, they look like concrete paste. Those are asbestos. Oh my! I mean, uh, that's why we stay away from old properties. Nineteen sixties, nineteen nineties, and newer. Those are much better. You got higher chances of getting copper pipe, real mixed wiring, no lead-based paint. So, those are just a few tips. I mean. Bring a contractor with you. That, that, that'd be my advice. It's free. You ask the contractor to come with you, it's free. Give me a free estimate. I'm sure they'd be happy to come. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for that tip. That's really good. And um, I didn't know about all the asbestos even before 1960. So I lived in Ohio for a long time. But in West Virginia, there's a, um, it's literally an island called Wheeling Island. And all, I say, 75% of houses are Victorian houses. And you're right. Like, there's so many. I know people would be like, oh, I want to buy this. It's so pretty. Just to live in, not, you know, as an investment. But I want to I wanna buy this. It's gorgeous. And it has so much history. Well, it's also, it's falling apart. has all these, you know, problems that you just said. And um, sometimes that's more of a hassle then, you know, then a pleasure, you know, you're getting more problems than getting any good thing out of it. So um, did you have any mentors other than your parents? Oh, definitely. I mean, once I started the uh, professional brokerage house, yes, I have a mentor. Um, God rest his soul, he passed away at an early age. He had a heart attack. He had six mm-hmm. kids, and I don't know how he managed that, but I guess his heart gave up. Yeah, he was a wonderful mentor. He showed me how to be polite and calm at all times while being effective and getting the job done and just being like an octopus, having all these activities running and being the hub. So that's something I really appreciated from the beginning. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have six coaches right now. So I'm a big believer in getting someone to point out your blind spots. You know, you ride along in the cars nowadays. And if you go like two degrees to the right, it goes beep, 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 right? Yeah. It's like that in life. If you're traveling down a path in business and you're just a little bit off, but then nobody corrects you, then you end up going into the guardrail. You go bankrupt. So many businesses go bankrupt. They don't survive one year. If they do survive one year, they're not profitable. They get to five years, great. It still doesn't mean they're profitable. They just survive. You know, so to thrive and survive, I just feel like you need help. Don't do trial and error. Success leaves clues. Success leaves crumbs. It leaves coaching systems. It leaves 
videos. It leaves webinars. There's a lot of tools out there that can uh, can help you, whatever career you're in. I agree completely. Like in nursing, we have these things called continuing education. So we have to, depending on the state, it could be every one year, it could be every two years, but you have to renew your license and you have to prove that you're still competent and you have to take these classes and, and sometimes they're specific ones. Um, depending on the state, depending on the issue in that state, you will take specific classes. So that's the same thing with our licenses. We have to keep them up. We have to make sure we still have the skills and, and take these, um, these little courses. I can't remember how many hours it is, but say it's like 32 hours of continuing education every time or whatever. So yeah, you're right. And anything you do, you should always be learning. The saying, you learn something new every day. It's absolutely true in, in every facet, whatever you're doing, you should be learning something every day you should be seeking that knowledge and like you said learn from what might not be working right and it's great to to have coaches and people from the outside that are looking in and they're like well maybe if this is done different or you know whatever and then that could help you so that's wonderful that you that you know that and that's the key of being successful is it like it's a team effort you know it's not just like, oh, it's all about me, and that's how it's going to be. And then some of those businesses don't don't work, I believe, too. So that's really awesome. Now, what your book is really amazing. Now, what is it called? And then can you just give us, like, the most important tip? I know there's, like, seven steps, I believe. But what is the most important tip you would say um, pertaining to your book? So... It's called Seven Step Blueprint to Passive Wealth, and it's available on Amazon. It did hit bestseller in the commercial real estate category and two other categories. Awesome. Very lucky uh, that we can spread the word. It's uh, it's about teaching financial freedom, and um, if anybody doesn't know this already, ninety percent of all the millionaires in the United States come from real estate, and Within that chunk, 80% are first generation, which means that anyone can do it. These aren't trust fund babies. These are not, you know, kids from the CEOs of all the blue chip companies. No, these are people who just go out there and do it. So the, the purpose of the book is to show people, give people an actual blueprint on how to get there. Like, I got there. How am I managing an almost $200 million portfolio? I was changing toilets seven years ago. How'd that happen? <laughs> Anybody can do it. I can do it. You know, I was I was more interested in going out to the bars and drinking 10 years ago than I was. I didn't have a coach back then. You know? I had plenty of people telling me what they should do, what they want to be, and what they dream about doing. But... Who's actually getting it done? Usually only 1% of the population. And people think, okay, oh, I don't, I don't need a coach. Like my spouse is my coach or my friend is my coach or my, my siblings, they're my coach. But no, they believe your excuses. Coaches don't believe your excuses and they hold you accountable. And when I, before, I, before I got coaching, like I said, I have six coaches. 
before I got coached, I was like, damn, I don't want somebody to point out what I'm doing wrong. And then I'm going to feel like I'm not good enough. I'm going to feel guilty. I just want to show up and be perfect. I want to show the coaches I don't need to be coached. I was like, such a weird way to think. But in reality, the coaches, the mentors, the teachers, I'm talking about real teachers, not theoretical teachers. They're the ones who are doing everything they can in their power to get, to make sure you succeed. They're your cheerleader. I mean, they're the ones that are going to push you, incrementally push you, and hold you accountable. And I'm sure you have people holding you accountable in the hospital, right, Danielle? I'd say, <laughs> yes, I'd say multiple layers of people <laughs> accountable. Yes. And, and, and would you say that system works? Well, I actually um, am going to be a guest on podcasts because it's changed a lot. So it depends on what you ask me uh, or when you ask me or, or I'm a travel nurse. So it depends on where you ask me. Mm. Uh, it depends on the hospital hospital system and I feel like sometimes there's, and I don't want to say this the wrong way. It's, it's, I'm going to change it. So say there's too many uh, captains and not enough, I don't know, people in, in the boat or whatever. And so that's the problem is that I feel like it does work. So say, for instance, we have to abide by so many different things. Um, there's HIPAA. So we can't violate, you know, patients, um, privacy rights, all this stuff. But then there's sometimes there's too many people telling us what to do and they're contradicting themselves. That's where mistakes can be made. And I feel like a lot of times it works great because say, for instance, there's um, every hospital has their uh, strict like policies, like you have to follow this. But then you have, I work in recovery room, so that's where you have anesthesiologists and you have surgeons and you have residents and you have all this stuff. And so when those things get combined, sometimes I feel like that's where it gets tricky. But, yes, it definitely does work. We have to have policies. We have to have guidelines, of course, especially in nursing. So in recovery, there's a thing called ASPAN. So we have to follow that. So it's like anesthesia, like it's about, you know, recovery and all these guidelines. Like, um, you know, if a patient is appropriate to be moved on to the next phase, like those kind of things. Mm, that works yeah. 100%. But when you add two different doctors, now I have to listen to doctors. I'm a nurse. But you have two different doctors telling you contradicting things. That's kind of like, huh? Like it's frustrating. And so my job is to be a patient advocate. I'm the one at the bedside. So I take it very seriously. Like those, those patients, it's like, I don't want to say what their life is in my hands, but I'm the one reporting if something is going wrong, right? So I have to be aware at all times. I have to be passionate about what I'm doing. And so therefore, I think it does absolutely works, but I feel like in, in the place I'm working now, there's so many different like things bumping heads. So it's hard to answer that question. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of iffy. It depends if it's a well ran managed hospital system. Absolutely. Absolutely. It works. 
But that's another thing. If you look at, like you said, like companies, think about this. Any management, like you guys do, man, that is so important because that can make or break the situation, right, in anything. It can make or break the company. It could uh, – communication's important. So, you know, and uh, so what you're doing is is really important. And you're you're helping people by saying, okay – this is what worked for me. You have what twenty five years in the industry, and this worked for for me, and that's beautiful. I, I think that's what we do as as humans. Like so important to help people and and learn. You know, like we've learned. Maybe we learned the hard way. Maybe we, you know, maybe it was easy. But these are things that I did, and so I think that's really great of you, Rob. Um, and uh, I didn't tell you this, but I. T- <laughs> I took a real estate investment class uh, for females. It's um, it's ran by a woman, and she does it for for women investors. And uh, I didn't really do much with it because I'm so busy, but I'm really interested in it, and I think it's amazing. And passive income is so important. Um, and can you just explain a little bit, like, what, what does the saying passive income mean? Sure. So there's passive income and there's passive wealth, right? Somebody can say that I have, I want some passive income. Okay, go buy a vending machine. You get, you know, 20 bucks a month. Okay. It's passive income. Well, let's be specific. Always track, measure, manage so you can improve. You know, get just like you're in the hospital. You got to get your baselines. You check in, you get your blood work, all your metabolics and all that stuff, right? So you know what you can improve on. You know, if your cholesterol is too high, you better stop eating those hamburgers, bro, right? <laughs> You got to do something about it. So uh, it's the same thing in real estate. You got to get your baselines. Where are you at? Where's your income? How much taxes are you paying? How much property do you own? What's your net worth? Assets minus liabilities is net worth. Okay. It's not that jewelry you got in the closet or the Pokemon cards. It's like, you know, real assets that uh, it's not your sneaker collection either. Okay. Not if you're wearing them every day. So, (laughs) Once you get your baseline, then you have to know, okay, what are my goals? What are my real goals? If I want, it's just a reverse engineering, okay? I'm, I'm setting the stage so you understand. If you want, if you at your salary job, your W-2 job, you earn 100 grand. And you say, I hate this job. I'd rather travel to the Bahamas or Hawaii with my family, you know, four times a year. But where's my 100K going to come from? Right? What's going to spit money at me every month? Well, it has to be assets. Something that you own that people are willing to pay money to use. It can be a business too, okay? Business can be a passive wealth generator as well. So if you need that 100K, you just reverse engineer. Okay, how many units do I have to own for that to happen? So you take the rents in your area, right? Minus all your expenses. And then you can figure out, okay, to get a hundred grand in cash flow, I need to own, you know, fifty units, or I need to own three hundred units. Depends if you're in Tennessee or San Francisco, okay? Mm-hmm. It totally depends on price. But then you make that formula, and then you can put together a five-year plan. Say, so, okay, if I need three hundred units in five years, then I have to acquire sixty doors per year. How can I do that? Maybe I need help. I need a partner. I need a syndicate. Does that make sense? Right? That's how you can build your portfolio to build passive wealth. 
and then it's going to be paying you a hundred grand every year while you travel and have a great time. And the years that you don't spend a hundred grand and you're accruing more money, you can buy more units. It's a system that feeds itself. Whereas most people trade their time for money until they die and they never, ever invest. That's a fact. Most people just, okay, time for paycheck, time for paycheck, time for paycheck. And at the end of the, end of the month, they make a hundred dollars. They spend 120 on the credit card and they're screwed. This is spending patterns that are really, really dangerous. When the rainy day comes and there's no more COVID checks, you know, what are you going to do? So I'm not saying you have to build a real estate portfolio. You don't have to do that. You can also build a business that eventually runs itself, meaning it makes money when you're not involved personally. Meaning you don't have to be there every day, eight hours a day, and it's still making plenty of money. You've got a good general manager. You've got good employees. You've got the captain of the ship. You've got the people rowing the boat, right? You've got the people cooking the meals. You've got the mechanic. You've got everybody on the boat. But if you, didn't, if you can't make that, that trip, you had to stay on shore, they're still going to make it to the destination. They're still going to come back with the payload. And say, look, look all, look at all the treasure we found, Daniel. It's all yours because you own the boat. See, so it's being a business owner and creating that um, management style. So your 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 employees are your team leaders. They're leaders. They can lead without you. You don't micromanage. Micromanaging and perfectionism kills businesses. They'll never, ever grow. If you're a perfectionist, you're not meant to run the business. You're probably a, a creative side instead, okay? I recommend reading the E-Myth. The E-Myth explains the kind of roles people should play in their business. And if you watch movies, there's four archetypes. There's the king, the sovereign. It can be king or queen. There's the warrior, okay, which is usually the soldier, right? And then there's the magician. And then there's the lover or slash lover healer, which would be like a nurse, right? So it's not that I always thought, I thought this the wrong way. I thought you can only be one character. So I'm just going to be the warrior, you know, ah, crush everything, right? Get all the goals. But no, you don't have to be just the warrior. You can be the warrior and a magician and a lover. I mean, there's medical soldiers, aren't there? They heal and defend at the same time. You can be a, a queen and a warrior. You can be a warrior princess. You don't have to be two separate things. You can be a magician and a soldier, which is a ninja. He has like smoke bombs and stuff, right? So whatever is appropriate for that person that you're dealing with, interacting with, that's the person you can be. Because I'm pretty sure if you were a warrior while being a nurse, that would not be considered good bedside manner. <laughs> I think I've met some of those. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? But then when it, when it comes time to negotiate your contract, you can be a magician, you can be a warrior, you can be whatever gets the job done. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But you're still Danielle. You haven't right. changed. You're just using your using your, your, your power of influence. So I, love I know that. we went a little bit off there. 
Let's let's get this let's get the ship back on course. Get back <laughs> off of the rocky water and go on the swimming. <laughs> it's okay, but you're right. And ironically, I'm writing a sitcom pilot, so that's really funny that you mentioned that stuff. I believe that everybody you talk to, we all meet each other for a reason. So like that's really cool that um, you connected that. So now. Really quick, do you have, if you don't have to say if you, have you ever lost any money on a property? Have you ever, like, invested in something and then it just went? Yes, the very first one and never again after that. So the very first one uh, was a house in Sacramento, California. Mm -hmm. That's the capital. So I thought I wanted to invest the easy way, the lazy way, but just to go buy a property that was, like, five years old. And at the time, it was like, oh, I just just buy a house. Everything's going up. I had no plan to remodel it. There was no way I could add value because it's in an HOA. You cannot change the exterior. Mm. You can't even repaint a different color. So I had no value add plan. I had no exit strategy, right? I just, I just bought it and then put a tenant in there. And a year later, it went down by like 50%. And... You know, poof, that's my life savings down 50%. So I had to regroup. I didn't buy another, I didn't buy another rental property for a long, long time. Okay. But I earned, I earned experience. They call tuition. You pay with your time or your money. Well, I definitely pay with the money. (laughs) So in apartments, the market doesn't matter. Okay. You guys are all, you guys and girls are rolling your eyes at me. The market does not matter. What value you add, that matters. Okay. That's the only thing that matters. You go into a property, you remodel a little bit, you raise the rents. Now you've made your profit margin. I'm talking about apartments, okay? But in a single family home, you need to have a different exit strategy. You need to make that house really pretty. You need to get in the mind of the buyer walking through, get the amenities they want. Don't go so you know, crazy on the color scheme, make it neutral, make it appealing. And you have to appeal much more to the emotional side on the, on the home exit. So that's my two tips. I can't explain everything, but that's just the, the surface. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really, um, I love this. This is very fun. It's kind of selfish of me because I, I really want to know myself. So <laughs> just joking. I'm not selfish, everybody. Uh, no, I really love to learn and so, um, and talking to you is, is such a great experience for me because I love speaking to people that are successful. And the fact that you said, you know, a few years ago, you were like still messing around with toilets and, and doing contract. Uh, I can't say the word. Um, <laughs> contract- I can't say contractor. Okay. But you were doing that kind of stuff. So, and what you said was your focus wasn't correct. So, that's awesome that you're saying like, you know, if you want it, you got to go get it. That's for an athlete. That's for anything. If you, if you want the business or you want to get into, you know, if you want to have passive wealth, you've got to work hard. There's so many of the billionaires that I watch or millionaires that I watch, um, different, be it a podcast or, or YouTube or whatever. When I listen to them, they don't sleep. That's what they say. We don't sleep. And I'm, I don't sleep either. I sleep maybe four hours a night. But anyway, that's another thing. But, so, yeah, so it's like the, the grind of it, right? If you want it, you got to go get it. And then 
when you get to the point, hopefully it, it runs like a smooth, well-oiled machine. But anything you start, you might lose money at first. I mean, the first year of any kind of business or whatever, I don't know. This is just my opinion because I've had a uh, photography business at different things. You have to put your own money into it most of the time unless you do have investors or, or people helping you. But to even get the products and get started, you know, and so the first year can be rocky or even like you said, maybe the first five years. You have to get to the point where you're profitable because you're going to wear yourself out. You're going to be so exhausted and then you might give up. And we don't, we don't want you to give up. You know, we don't want you to be like, this is a never ending battle. I'm never going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that's really great. Like I said, I think it's amazing that you're teaching people. Now you already gave some advice. So that's wonderful. I love it. Where can we find you? Where can we buy the book? And do you have any um, social media or any websites that we can go to? Yeah, you can buy the book on uh, Amazon.com. It's uh, It was released on September 1st and hit bestseller. So you can buy that on Amazon.com. You can go to my website, www.passivewealthcoaching.com. It's the same tag on all social medias, Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook business page. And, uh, yeah, it's all the same. Come holler at me. We're happy to help. We have free content. Uh, we definitely will add value to your time as you come visit us. Well, you already did uh, for the listeners and I. So I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking your uh, time out of your busy day and schedule to talk to us. And like I said, you really helped me. And I am going to buy your book. Absolutely going to buy it. And, um, it's just it's just awesome to hear how you've gone from being 16 and managing and learning from your parents to now uh, managing what 190 million dollars worth of property or 200 200 million or something like that. That's whoa, <laughs> that's really awesome. So I'm so happy that you share your success and tips with us. All right, well, Rob, you're so awesome. You're great. And I will, I will follow you and I will buy your uh, book. And I just want to, again, thank you so much for everybody that listened. And thank you, Rob, for coming and talking to us. And I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful day. And um, like I said, I'll keep in touch with you and um, would love to, to learn more. So I'll be reading that book soon. Definitely. Yeah. I'm happy to help. Anyone who's interested, there's a free webinar people can see as well. Oh, that's my, so awesome. My, yeah, my YouTube channel, free 30-minute webinar. Okay, and the YouTube channel is called the same thing as everything else. Okay. Passive Wealth oh. Coaching. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for helping everyone, and thanks for kind of opening people's eyes to, like, you know, I mean, if people want to go work 50, 60 hours a week for a little bit of money and be controlled by – you know, everybody else, I guess you could, but it's not fun. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm doing all these things. Cause I don't want to have to do that anymore. Uh, I love being a nurse. I love it. I love helping people, but I want to help them in different ways. So, you know, but thank you so much, Rob. And like I said, uh, you have a wonderful day and I you appreciate too. you. Thanks. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks for doing what you do. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for doing what you do. You're awesome. <laughs> all right. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View Podcast. 
I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart